I've got the boys together. Jonas. So do what? Spank the bastards. Warning. Hang with the boys contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended or you're a superhero, do not continue to listen. Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. Welcome, everybody, to Hang With The Boys, a The Boys fan show where we talk about the entire episode, break it down from comic book to TV to story and characters and production value and writing and everything in between. And about cunts. We talk oh. a lot about cunts as well. I figured we had to just get that out of the way. You know, it right makes sense. Well, yeah. let's just get right into it. This season didn't wait at all to get into the violence, so let's just get right into the down and dirty part. I am your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me today, I have Ryan Denton. What's up, guys? And Michael Flores. Hello. Now, this episode has been written by Eric Kripke, creator of the show, or I, I not the creator of the comic god. book, and but our, also and our, our god. And our one true god. <laughs> our one true Praise god. Praise Kripke. I'll be power to him. Praise be, him. This is his gang sign. I've created an idol just for him. <laughs> That's his gang sign. I went right to now. Mount Sinai and I cast laws on tablets and called it the Kripke Law. And uh, we're now idolaters and we worship it. Yes. And we also have a supernatural, have a supernatural veteran, Philip Sagricia, showing up as the director for we this episode. We fuck that guy's name up every time. Every time. But it's, I'm pretty sure that's right. And that's, you know what? He probably is a listener of the Crossroads. He, he's, and he's all like, you know what? Finally, 15 seasons are up and they're finally not going to fuck finally, up my name. My name right. All right. Let me listen to Hank with the boys. What's this all about? Oh, oh they're fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing it again. I, I love these guys on Supernatural. What the fuck? They can't yeah. remember my name? I remember from our Comic Con where someone had like a it's, phonetic it's poster. Yeah. And that worked for and a year. Worked, yeah. For a year. For about one year. Yeah, and then we forgot. And then we were like, man, what So, you know. Nice All right. So anyway, he has shown up to direct this debut episode of season two. The show is back and fucking better than ever, dude. I have missed this show so fucking much. Partly just because there are not many shows out there like it. And I don't mean superhero things i don't mean high production value things i mean things that really push the envelope and tackle things of today politics real world situations culture it's a show with something to say rather than a message it's trying to enforce well kripke has been known for years praise be praise be praise be kripke is that what we do now i think that's our thing praise be Every time you say Kripke. But you got to do a K. It's not like, okay. a, it's not like Father, Son, Holy Ghost. It's, it's a K. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, he is not afraid to tackle issues and things that would be taboo and would make people upset in his TV shows. And I think this show is a prime example of not really giving a shit about these issues not in the, the not in the general aspect but like not caring what people have to say and, and get mad about him covering them. and i think the reason why is because it's more observational opposed mm-hmm. to hey i'm gonna get on a soapbox and yeah. tell you how to think it's yep. more hey i'm a writer and i'm just presenting ideas yep. and if you look at the world around us these yeah. are the things that are happening the commercialization the raping of stars and celebrities these are things that happen the He's raping smoke, the yeah. raping of us the audience corporate control it's all it's real these are real things real shit that's happening right now and i think that's exactly the point that you said mike it's a show that has something to say without something to preach right there's a big distinction a lot of shows have something to say 
but it's something that they want you to believe. They reinforce a specific narrative. And often, weaker shows are not very good at hiding that. And that's when people feel talked down to, soapbox, beaten over the head with their message. And it doesn't always land very well. Well, in today's world where everybody wants to be a political writer Mm -hmm. for TV and movies... Not everyone's qualified or talented enough to do it. And what we get many times is a lot of people tackling low hanging fruit aspects like, yeah. hey, guys, racism is bad. Oh, wow. You, wow, re- you really went out on a limb on that one. Fuck, I didn't know. I don't think there's a person in this world that would disagree with you. Fuck, Columbo. You've figured Even it out. racist people know racism is wrong. No. <laughs> so it's, it, this isn't low hanging fruit politics. No. And I think the the thing that really is awesome about this show is that it's very, it's, it's not in your face. You have to decipher what's going on. And I think yes. I that's think why it's observation, it's, it's observation. It's yeah. good writing. Yeah. It's not, Hey, by the way, here's a bunch of exposition on something that's bad. It's, Hey, figure this out for yourself. Well, and I think, I think that's what makes it smart. And Kripke is a genius at that anyways. Okay. Praise be. And I think, <laughs> That might be uh, that might be one of the better things I've come up with. <laughs> that kind of rhymes to praise be to Kripke. Oh yeah. shit, works. That's gonna be the show's tagline now. God, hashtag <laughs> praise be to Kripke. Dude, Kripke's oh, all like, man. I better, I better, I better uh, reestablish that restraining order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's probably like these this guys. Is how hey, what do we have? hundred feet. Better make it four hundred. Yeah, like listen, I don't want these guys in the same county. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, do we? Do I have any appearances? Make sure these. These. I'm gonna take send you photos. Arizona of these is out. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going. Just there. Give me that black marker here. I'm gonna yeah, get up and axe it off. What's five hours driving every way from Arizona? Those are all out too. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> no, I I think it does a great job because it is it is a show that has something to say that's observational and like all good art, it doesn't necessarily put forth its opinion as much as it does challenge you to question yours, make you think of something different. And I think the biggest thing is it makes people uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable when I watch the show and it's fantastic because there are moral dilemmas to it. There are quandaries and questions where I sit there saying, fuck, what would I do? How far would you go? And the fact that there isn't clearly a good guy, bad guy for most people and that you can find villains and heroes on both sides and that people can switch allegiances on a fucking Ugh. dime. Which is so accurate to people. It's very, it's, that's the thing. It's very true to life. It yeah. feels so much like it is taking place in the real world. Yeah. Unlike any, honestly, unlike so many fucking shows, things like even Sons of Anarchy felt like it was this cartoon world town in California by the end of the last two seasons even though it's a real world based television show, this is a fictional one. And yet it feels so much more like our world than many other things out there. Yep. And he's a strong writer, dude. Well, we talked about that last year with the deep, how they set him up at the beginning to be such a a shit bag. I mean, how can you like this guy? And then by the end of the season, you're like, fuck, I kind kind of of like this guy. I feel bad for him. Yeah, you because the whole point, if people haven't caught on yet, is to show that everyone's a victim, except the people doing this, which is the the ringleaders within Vought. Yep. Everyone's a victim. Even Homelander is a victim. Yep. That's the entire point. It's interesting with this show and... Having that, what you talked about, Thomas, like people flipping and yeah. characters flipping. Yeah. 
And then, but they also, they do just such a great job of flipping these characters in a way, like you said, with the deep, where at first you're like, this guy's a fucking asshole. Yeah. And then you can't justify that at all. And then you're like, wait, at the end, you're like, I kind of feel bad for this guy. Well, that's the good thing that they did is they didn't justify anything he did. What they did was give a reason, a punishment, not enough yet, as we're seeing, it's continuing. Yeah. But also justification for not not justifying his actions, but giving you a reason as to why he's he done do something the like things that. he's done. Even Homelander, like you said, Mike. They're created. They're they're yeah. created. And you can look at it a lot like child stars when they become rapists and drug addicts and just they're usually the shittiest of all shittiest people. Yep. What created them? What pushed them down that path? The media raping them. Yep. The paparazzi, this movie studios. Wouldn't corporation he- deals, corporate deals, Nike. These are the things that rape these young people and turn them into the horrible people they end up being. Yeah. Look at Homelander. Since she was yeah. a child, that's the entire metaphor right yeah. there. Wouldn't you? I mean, like, that's the thing. They, they put you in this situation. You start thinking like, you know, you, they put you in Homelander's shoes. Wouldn't you become a jaded asshole about people and, you know, the cameras in your face all the time? If, if you know, you grew up your entire life with that. I think, yeah, I think you would. I think. That would push anybody down that path. Well, he has a superiority complex well, because too. of self, low self-esteem, well, right. because of the way he was raised. So all of it is a way to circle right back to the victimization of everyone in this show. And that's the thing, too. There's also a whole psychological bend with Homelander. Yeah. You are the best, a god, the most powerful, and yet you cannot find love. Despite the fact that you know you're better than everybody else. That's, Fuck, it's like the that's, story of my life. Dude. That's fu- <laughs> You're better than everyone? I'm, I know I'm better than everybody, but I can't find love. Yeah, well. Maybe that mentality. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where I be- go from an eight to a two? Yeah. I feel yeah. like that's close. And then, oh, he talked. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. He opened his mouth. <laughs> yeah, and if people don't know what he's talking about, Ryan. You should listen uh, to our other shows on Rain Man Well, Digital. really fast. There was a girl who was attractive <laughs> who said, Ryan, you're a 10 until you open your mouth. You're a two. And we've never let him live that down. Hey, I mean, it's, and he's proven it time and time oh, again. Time and time again. I mean, look, guys, I might play an asshole on the radio. I'm not really. And on that. social media. Okay. Yeah, in real face life. to face. Okay. All right. In real life. Whatever. <laughs> but what about home with my cat? Uh, I'm a good person. I'm a great person, dude. I surround myself with pussy. <laughs> Your cats are like, what a shit. Man. Like, well, my cat's like, who the fuck forgot to feed me? Who the fuck's this person? You've had seven different chicks. What, oh. what? what? Who is this? See, and then he talks, and again, back to a two. I, I gotta play a douche. Humans anyway. are supposed to come. <laughs> but the good thing with this show, too, beyond just the message and the writing, is that they do a great job of allowing us to laugh and have fun because there are so many fucking killer jokes, killer moments, great delivery by the actors, and it's just entertaining as hell to watch and we've all been anxious for the new season to start it's been a it's been a rough fucking year for many many people i don't know one person who it has not been rough we had such a cliffhanger despite the fact that like i knew rebecca was alive spoilers for season one yeah i knew that from the the moment she's mentioned because otherwise what drives him but knowing that getting to the end of season one i was still like holy fuck it was and we talked about how would you have any justification for what she did running away like that? And, and we're still not quite clear what actually happened. 
right? Yeah, we, we, we like kind they, of are. Yeah, we, we kind get the of idea are. that he. We, we've got fifty percent of the of the story. Well, because last season they had alluded to the fact that he kind of cared about her, and he was even upset that they had gotten rid of her. Yeah, right. So we don't think that he actually raped her. No, I think it was. We're not one hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know if she. I don't think she was raped at this point. But it's the whole pressure thing, We don't thing, know. Right? The but whole it's pressure. Whole, exactly. Yeah. Would you say no to Homelander? A person in a position of power. Who will kill you. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. So maybe it was consensual. Maybe it wasn't. We haven't gotten that 100% clarified. But we have a reason now for the other elements of things, yep. which we find out a little bit later in the season. But the fact that they were able to to do something with that from such a cliffhanger was huge seeing how the characters are now in this fucking depressing state, both on Starlight's point of view and Huey and the boys point of view. We've he creepy does a great job like he's done before of changing things up where we see our characters before on the, on the pinnacle of about to have a huge victory. And then next season, the nattier of their life, just living in a fucking storage closet, <laughs> cleaning yourself out of the sink Ugh. in an underground you know just straight hole yeah gang hidden bunker thing we're not 100 percent certain what it is who are frenchie's friends just living in squalor in hiding things have taken a dramatic turn for the worst and we waste no time establishing that it's fucked so that has been something i've looked forward to all fucking year mm-hmm. you guys what 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 expectations do you have for the new season going forward i i think um with how good the first season was with the action and the superhero kind of like you know shots i'm expecting this season to be a a lot more like amp that up like yeah a, a lot at least i i expect that especially coming from kripke you know what i mean like i feel yeah. like he's pretty good about amping up his shows um i'm ex- interested to see how they play out the Homelander, Becca, uh, yeah. Billy kind of triangle. And I also, you can't not root for Hugh, Huey, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I really want him and Starlight are, are too good, dude. Like, I, they got great chemistry. They really I do. like them a Plus, lot. Eric, the girl that plays Starlight is a fucking Whew. babe. Dude. Okay. Remember last season I said she wasn't my thing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you, oh, you're, you're you switch, you're switching now. She, typically, she's too all American, girl next door for me. I but understand. this season, dude, she she got Hollywood. She's this actress. See, she's so and hot. I'm yeah. She's pretty you know what hot. difference is? We liked her when she had her original costume. Yes. Once they slutted her up, yeah. Now Michael's like, like, oh, now yeah, that I you can see, oh, damn. I can beat it to this. Now that you can see her uterus. You know what? I am. She not... has that rock star 80s look now with she the does. boots. Yeah. She looks like those music videos. She looks like she's in a white snake. So, so wait, yeah. so wait. The, the fake advertisers in the boys who work for Vaught. We're 100% right for you. Yeah, as he's, the, he's the fucking demographic. He is the demographic. Wait, listen, Holy shit. He is. He's listening to White Snake later tonight, like <laughs> thinking about her in that costume. On his car and everything. Yeah, he's got, well, he's got Ario Speedwagon playing in the background Fuck. on his fucking Trans Am. I looked up some old uh, uh-huh. videos after watching The Boys. I'm like, yeah, she definitely has that look. And I caught myself in a, in a Jerking 1980s off. Yeah. music video vortex. First of all, 1980s music videos were the shit. The okay. chicks were they, all. 
all banging. Uh, they were all. S- <laughs> I was gonna finish it with something else. They, they look like Starlight. Yes, yes. <laughs> she is. Uh, she's an absolute babe. And I, I. The thing is, like, her and Huey are like the perfect like. Yeah. Polar opposites, but kind of the same thing. Yin person. and yang that work. Yeah, but like. I like them together. I do too. Yeah. So I, work. I, as they would say on the internet, I ship it. Well, the characters have great chemistry as well, which also helps. <laughs> I would have. I'm going to isolate that. <laughs> that was probably the most. Uh, stupid thing I've ever said? Yeah. 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 No, not stupid. I was no, going to say something no, a little more. We got way more than that. I was going to say the three letter F word, but. Oh, wow. <laughs> Actually, that doesn't surprise me. It's okay. We have two of them in the studio tonight, so it's okay. <laughs> well, one's a well, 50%. You know I, wait, that sounds Still bad. Still counts, I motherfucker. I, <laughs> I got a fucking pamphlets and shit to send you. Yeah, right. All right, don't. so Netflix. please don't. You guys recruit no. people? Like, yeah, like, it's, it's, a, it's a whole. Like, what do you guys Hold like? On, Mormons? It's like the Church of the excuse, Conclave. Excuse me, sir. Right? Do you have a moment to talk about homosexuality? <laughs> homosexuality? <laughs> I like that. Thank you, Ryan. No, you don't. Oh, let's talk about heterosexuality. And how it's I'm sin. Anyway. (laughs) You know what I love about this show? I can be a lot stupider on this show because they cover, you know, concepts like this. Like, right. There's justification. There's justification. We're not going to have supernatural listeners like, oh, oh my God, which most of our listeners at this point know. They know we're not. Yeah. But with the boys, if you watch the boys and you're coming in, you've got a dark sense of humor. Yeah. You have to. You do. You all want to see the uterus of Starlight. Let's be honest. (laughs) I do. So All right, sounding. Mike, besides her uterus, what other expectations <laughs> and hopes did you have for season two? Um, <laughs> I'm going to look up pictures of uteruses. Oh, I'm why kidding. would I'm actually looking at pictures of Erin Moriarty. That's the girl that plays her. God, she's hot. Um, I don't really with a show like this. My expectations are very simple. I know what Kripke is capable of. Mm-hmm. So. I don't really have a lot of expectations other than I'm looking forward to Just watching an amazing show. The, the one thing for me is, uh, so we spent last season basically with Homelander as the villain. A train was, a, was also a villain, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of setting up Homelander as a threat and antagonist. I have a feeling we're going to lose that this year. I exactly. I think so That's too. My they're going to humanize them. I think a lot. I don't yeah. know if they're going to humanize him, but I think they're going to put other people into the story. And other people to. in play who take threats away from him, who can challenge him because we can't have the entire show as he is this level Superman level and no one comes close mm-hmm. because then what are you going to do? How is that ever going to be achieved when you try to defeat him? You need yeah. to have something to kind of level the playing field. You need something to take away his Focus his drive, his attention on Butcher, Huey, the rest of the gang, something to distract him. Yeah. So I think there's going to be new characters brought in that way, other heroes who maybe can challenge him. With Stillwell gone and his leash cut off, I think he's going to get himself into some trouble. I, I, he has to, right? The guy's well, barely a already, fucking loose cannon when she was around. He was already brought down a few pegs in this episode. Yeah. So I I think that's going to be the thing that kind of puts him in line or kryptonites him. Yeah. This season is the fact that he's not the big swinging dick. Well, yeah. I think I think the thing with with him is that he doesn't really technically have kryptonite. You know what I mean? Like he he doesn't have that mm-hmm. yet, or at least that we know of. Right. I think the the real air quotes kryptonite for him is his emotional status, and I think and his son and he's yes and he's never been challenged. By anyone. 
and and I and I don't mean physically challenged. I meant like using his brain. Yeah. And I think that's going to really come into play this season. Um, well, you have the Stormfront situation. Yep, you have son. the Carlo Esposito, the Giancarlo. What's his name? The character's name? Stan? Yeah, the, Stan the leader of Vought. Yeah, you yeah. have him. He, there's a lot of things targeting him. Yeah. Emotionally. Which I don't think he's he's used to. No, he's because he, he, challenge. he was yeah. protected by Stillwell. Yep. He's a child. Right. He's a man child. Yeah. And now he's having to go into adolescence of dealing with others without mother's without protection. Without mommy being there. And that'll be an interesting way to see him develop. But really, Mike got his bottle one last time. Oh, dude, that okay. I, I, I could not watch it. I've seen a lot. Of I couldn't weird, watch it, dude. I've seen a lot of weird things in TV shows and movies. I've seen a lot of weird things that on the internet. Made me, oh, yeah. And that still that made me almost gag, dude. I was I like, couldn't nah, do it, dude. No way, not a chance. I had bro. to do the like ten second fast forward. I. Uh, ugh. I is it because it's the mother or is this because it's milk coming from a tit? I, because I, it's the mother, the okay. connotation and yeah, how he's got, like, okay. how he's got a fucking raging it's, hard on. Because we've, right all, we've all had sex with a chick at one point where you were sucking a little too hard and got a little bit of milk out. I mean, let's be honest. Mm, no, I, nah, I, I never they have. Have to that's be, they have to be pregnant. Not, maybe you. Mike. That's not a thing. Maybe you. Dude, dude hormonal shifts. It happens sometimes. Who's the only one here as a kid? Plus, I suck really hard. Do you have a moment to talk about homosexuality? <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, you uh, are something else. It was it was the whole connotation behind it. I like that Ryan's the one who got offended. I now. know, right? <laughs> anyway, yeah, there, there's. But honestly, to back up your main point, it really is just I know what to expect from Kripke. First season was great. My expectations are simply more of this excellent show. And I can't fucking wait to see it. So if you guys want to have more fun, more hang out with the boys, subscribe to our Patreon page and gain access to our pre-shows where we talk about all kinds of little things about the show, about the world around it, the actors, various other elements. And before every single podcast episode, we usually talk about these subjects randomly for a good amount of time, typically things that we don't have time to cover in the regular 55-minute broadcast. So if you want to check that out, Get access to that and far more cool content for you guys. Head on over to patreon.com slash Digital and subscribe to our $3 behind-the-scenes tier to gain access to all of that and everything below it. Helps us stay on the air, helps us do more, and we can't thank you enough for doing it. Do it now, you cunt. <laughs> all right, let's get into the synopsis, Ryan. What ha- What is the synopsis for this episode? Uh, you know what? I, I Just before I read this synopsis, I just want to say that I'm glad that these synopsis exist because the ones I have to read on our other shows have become dog shit. So I just mm-hmm. want to, I just want to, there was an episode. Yeah, there was an episode. Some shit happened. Well, Kripke's writing the synopsis. So it himself. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably going on Wikipedia. Like, he's all this is garbage. I'm going to edit this. <laughs> what if that actually was a thing? The best writer ever tackles. <laughs> he writes the best writer ever tackles this episode, which starts with the butcher still missing. <laughs> Uh, with Butcher still missing, Huey, Mother's Milk, Frenchie, and Kimiko are now fugitives, and Homelander and Vought are more powerful than ever. But just as the boys are about to leave the country, they are pulled back into the fray. See, that is a fucking synopsis. Yeah. And a teaser. And, I Dude, tickle it a little bit. Just a little bit. Just give me the... Just enough. It's the button. It's not an entrance. It's a button. <laughs> now, this episode does start leaving us hanging even though it's a premiere, even though we've got back right from where we left off with the end of episode eight from season one, we're expecting the butcher. We're expecting to get some answers with Rebecca. We're expecting some clarity and catharsis. And instead we just have a very confusing setup of where the fuck is Billy butcher? 
Where has he gone? What happened to him? Did he kill Stillwell? What the fuck are they going to do? Is there any options for them? A lot of questions. And from the single question of where's Butcher, can we develop the rest of this episode as far as what are the characters' roles? What do they do now? I think it was really interesting, too, to leave off last season with that cliffhanger ending that we got and to start this this new season without your technically lead your character. lead character or at least name character yeah and i think it's interesting that kripke would decide to do that and i'm not i don't dislike it i think mm-hmm. it was a very good idea once you get to the end of the episode right yeah but i think it was it was very interesting not to because everyone was hanging on that cliffhanger like okay are we going to get we're gonna that? come right are back. We coming right back to that right yeah. we have to right and i think it was very smart to kind of, as you said early, edge us like that yeah. to be like, hey, you're going to have to stick around. You're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait. So it was very interesting to start off with that j- just because I think we all love Carl Urban and we love his character yeah. as Billy Butcher. So for him to kind of be air quotes missing and the team kind of be in limbo mm-hmm. of where they're at, what they're doing. Um, well, it, it is a cool. I mean, it, it, it as you watch the episode, you're like, this kind of makes sense. Well, it sets up the characters in a great way because without Butcher there, they have to answer their own questions of what's next for them. What is their next move? Frenchie's clearly working to get passports and get them out of there. Mother's Milk wants to get back to his family, but Huey, as we find out, as he says, has nothing Huey. else besides this. He's lost Robin. He lost Starlight. He has nothing. He lost his dad, kind of, who I guess First is in like all, witness protection. Did he really lose Starlight. If though? I would have lost, if I would have lost Starlight, you just killed yourself. I put a bullet in my brain. Well, he dude. does watch the video about jumping off the bridge. Oh, that's true. Listen, Billy there's Joel. a part of him that's glad his girlfriend died. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, look, Robin was okay. Starlight's where it's at, dude. He does would, seem to have a better connection with her. Hey, hey Trent, can you run into my my girlfriend? Oh, that's gonna be like a season three reveal. <laughs> it was all. It was all a setup. Oh, run her, oh, run fuck. into her, dude. I don't really give a shit. Run into her, dude. <laughs> anyway, rise her ass. But by taking the leader out of the equation, yeah, it leaves everyone else kind of like you said, limbo, afloat, drifting. What do they do now? And so from that, we have see kind of where everybody's mentality is at. Mother's Milk only wants to get back to his family. Frenchie's just trying to like survive and help Kimiko at this point. But Huey tries to step up, tries to assume the role of a leader because for him, it's not over yet. He can't just leave it be. Do you think that's going to be a story this year? I think it will be. Slowly forging him into a a leader of sorts. I think maybe a little bit. I don't think it's going to be a full-blown leader with with Billy. Didn't they kind of draw the – I might have – I might be going way ahead. You you are a little bit, but yes. Okay, you know what? You're episode two. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. so – but here's the thing. I think – I think, yes, they're going to make him more of a alpha if we want to talk Mm -hmm. about it like that. I don't think he takes over Billy. Well, so here's – I think they become – Equals. They're two sides of the same coin. Like yep. maybe Butcher, Butcher starts to respect him eventually. Yes, yeah. yes. I think Butcher is the clearly the alpha, violent, self-interest. People are tools to get what he what wants. He wants. Yep. But he does things for, quote, the right reasons. He has just modifications. He's not wrong in what he's trying to achieve. And the people he goes after, despite his methods, are villains who often deserve it. But he's very much somebody to sacrifice his team, very much self-centered, and 
violence is just another tool in his arsenal. He doesn't care about people. Huey is starting from the, the chicken shit kid we saw in episode one to where he even is at this point is trying to become this leader, trying to stand up and stand for something and not be terrified like he once was and just do what he knows needs to be done. But I think he will become a leader who people will want to follow while maintaining that good sense of preserve life, care about people. The difference between him and Butcher is that people follow Butcher because they know that he can get shit done. Not because he's a great leader or that he's, but he is an alpha. And like you said, he always has plans. People will follow Huey because they'll believe in what he's, what he's doing. Now I've never read the comic books, Ryan, Mm -hmm. but seems to me that they, because they, they did lay this down a bit during the season one. Are they trying to show Huey or are they trying to show how someone becomes butcher? If you remember, oh, season, if you remember season one, they did play with that whole right. look what you were becoming. You could come down this, down you were this murdering road. people. It's yeah. still murder what you're doing. Um, Do you I, think they're going to continue that thought for season two? Because I kind of like that setup of hey, look at Butcher, look at you, you are dark. becoming him. It's dark, and I think there is there is some like context there, but I I personally don't think. Huey goes down that road full full bore. I don't think he goes down that road. I think it, it is, it's that classic, you know, if you make this choice, you can go down the same road as this guy. I think with Butcher, what they're doing with, with Billy and Huey is, like I said, the people that follow Billy, the Butcher, they follow him because they know he can get shit done. And they know that he's gotten stuff done before. I think they'll follow Huey this season more or start to trust him more because they're going to believe what he has to say and why he's doing things. I I think you have where Huey can be a better version of butcher in some ways. Yeah. I think you'll also maybe see butcher depending on how they take things this season. He could try to even out butcher in a way to where he becomes a little bit better and teach each other. Huey becomes a little darker and man's up metaphorically, you know, no offense. How about person up? Person's up, balls yeah. up, metaphorical balls up to be a storm front up somebody who he needs to be. Take charge, take action while butcher needs to regain some, some humanity, humanity that he is they dramatically learn, lacking. They can learn from each other and, and, and that'll I, make both of them stronger. And then much like any mentor, you know, I relationship, mean, it probably won't end well. Not to jump super far ahead, but you do see some aspects in that. Obviously they gave us the first three episodes. So right. and my dumbass watched all three, but you see some of that in the start to unfold. Well, Huey yeah. wants to be Harry Potter or John Connor. I mean, remember. who doesn't want to be fucking John Connor, by the way? Like, be John Connor or I, be fucking John I, Connor? So stupid. Well, I love uh, that they yeah, said yeah, that. Which though? John Connor, though? The adult one. So. <laughs> the other one was a kid. The Christian Bale one? Yeah, Christian Bale. Sure. Okay. I mean, okay. he was pretty hot. But, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, yeah. I might get, I might. Especially when he was yelling in the behind the scenes. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty hot. I, I was going to, I couldn't remember what he actually yells at the guy about. I was going to do an impression, but I don't remember. You can't be fucking serious. Isn't that what he what? says? <laughs> Isn't that what he says? I feel like it's something like was that. Was that Arnold? I don't know no, who that, that was. That wasn't Arnold. That wasn't Arnold. But like. You can't be fucking walking in the background. I think it's something That's like that. Said. I don't remember. Do, yeah. to do, to do. Do, 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 do. <laughs> can, Trash your fucking lights, man. I, I mean, it's Billy Butcher acting like that. Like, yeah. Don't. <laughs> Just call people cunts. Um, <laughs> Jesus. I think that, obviously that scene was funny as fuck. You know, I want to be Harry Potter or Katniss or John Connor. 
I mean, I don't know about Katniss, uh, but Harry Potter, John Connor. It's like, be somebody who's worth being. Yeah, be like somebody cool. <laughs> I don't I mean, like, I don't. Yeah. I don't so, know. but without Butcher there, we see Huey start to step up to that because he has nothing else. It's all that's driving him. And we see whether or not the others will follow or if they're just kind of in it for self-interest at this point. The, the whole plan, job, mission is fucked at this point. So... Huey does have a little bit of an edge that they're not aware of that he has not been a hundred percent honest with that. He has kept in touch in communication with Annie that he's working with her as basically an inside double agent, somebody who can get the serum, the compound V and help him out, help him still expose that. Now I did like this because I was afraid that they would do the, you lied to me. We can never talk to each other ever again, uh, which has always felt very 90s drama. I've watched enough DC on CW to. to, to it's very, for a it's a very childish do mentality. He doesn't do that shit. Come on. No. no. So here we have two characters who have an, a trust issue. Who are adults. Who are adults who have a trust issue, who don't let something, yes, important and major happen between them, but they don't just shut down the relationship. There yeah. is still a relationship. Mm-hmm. There is still feelings. They still talk about and communicate. They still have the same desires. And just because he lied about some of his stuff doesn't mean he wasn't the same person he was with her. And I did like that. It is a far more adult way to deal with something like that, to talk it through and not just throw a relationship in the trash. The first sign of anything but 100% loyalty and fidelity well, so, sometimes lies are necessary to make sure that you're, the person that you're lying to or about doesn't get hurt. And now, I th- is, that, is that the two talking? That's, that's, that might be the eight talking. Because, like, it, it's sometimes it's okay to lie to someone if you're going to protect them. Well, like, dude, that is a thing, like, I, though. Why like, am I going to tell my wife that I cheated? I mean, come that, on, that's, that's going to hurt her. That's a completely different thing, okay? <laughs> if someone's life is in danger and they could die, might be a different story than, hey, I banged the fucking secretary. Sorry, babe. Like, I think there are extremes. You, I like how he's a stereotype in his own story. <laughs> I banged the secretary. Now, where's my fucking dinner? <laughs> Did you make meatloaf tonight, bitch? Um, sorry. That was aggressive. <laughs> I don't even like meatloaf. The two is um, showing a lot tonight. Uh, I, I'm on the, the boys. Of course I have to. <laughs> Supernatural, I got to be the eight. Because um, there's only other twos in the room with me. Oh. <laughs> and there's the two again. Uh, no, but at least I, all I think, together we make 12. That, yeah, that's it, dude. All three of us, we're, uh, it's like by our powers combined. Make a hard six. Should we, should wait, we, so wait, who, should who, we, who forms the head? It's got to be me, right? I've got to be like the head of Voltron. Right? Should we all centipede each other and, and become 12? <laughs> Can I be the head of hey, that? Hey, ladies, we're 12. Wait, can I be the head of that so you guys eat my poop? Uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, no. I feel like, Thomas, you're right. With with Huey and, and Starlight or Annie, they didn't just trash the relationship because of the trust yeah. issue. It's something that they need to work out. And obviously, the like... There is some insecurity there. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think it's mostly on Huey's part. Dude, I was laughing with that reference. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. He said Alden Enright. What were you doing next to Alden Enright? You know who that is, right? Yeah. That's Solo yeah. from Star Wars. But also Alden Enright was in the Wendigo episode in Supernatural. And Kripke made it a point to tweet out that, hey, oh, Han shit. Solo was in Wendigo. So he then put Alden nice. Enright as a reference That's there. smart. That's yeah. awesome. God, that's good. I, I, I mean, like. You have to expect Huey in that situation to be a little insecure. He's dating one of the most famous people on the planet. 
right? Like at, at this point, who wouldn't be? I would, dude. I'd be totally insecure. Like, what are you doing next to that guy? Oh, did you suck his dick? <laughs> was it bigger than mine? Was and it, see, there's the was, two again. Was it good though? Like. A, He's famous, so I, I, my, well, see, my what, dick's not. What so. I liked about that whole bit was when they had the, when they started to have the argument on the subway train, and she's like, "You lied to me for like a fucking year." He kind of owns up to that, but also when he throws it back at her, he, she does realize there was a safety issue, a reason behind some of it. Yeah. And again, the difference between lying about who he was versus lying about some of the things he was doing. It doesn't saying lying is justified, but it's completely understandable. No relationship starts out with, hey, here's all my dark secrets. Want to know? Yeah, them? Here's my skeleton. Everyone is lying in the beginning of a relationship. Oh, yeah. Maybe not. Hey, hey nice to meet you. I suck real hard. Like, you don't uh, say no, stuff nobody like that. Nobody gives, like, fake you know, names. I last real long, but I don't come. Hey, nice to meet you. I don't come. <laughs> but you slowly. And then Thomas. Hey, nice to meet you. I, I like anal play. <laughs> hey, nice to meet you. You want to talk about homosexuality? <laughs> Just knock on their door. Yeah. I'm here for our, I'm here for our mate. Wait, where did we meet? Oh. But there's there's things that you don't admit when you first start dating somebody. And I like that she didn't just immediately backlash at him. They both were kind of like, all right, we both have some growing up to do, some yeah. growing yeah. to yeah. do if we want to make this relationship it's a, anything. It's a real relationship. Well, it she, is. She, yeah. We saw her the entire first season grow up. She's very She was very naive starting out in season one. And, and as even through like the first couple episodes of this season she still has some you know naiveness to she's her. she's getting better though she's getting way better well i didn't care about her that's actually probably an expectation that i now have going back to what you had asked me at the top of the show thomas yeah that's actually one of my expectations because i did not care for her character in the first season i didn't dislike her but i'm like okay i get what her point is right but now in season two because of this great story arc that we had in the first season now I'm waiting to see what she's going to do and what she's capable of. Because right now we see her playing the the professional, the the company person, if yeah. you will. Yeah. And what, you what understand of- why. You understand that she is trying yeah. to work from in the inside. But I'm really anxious to see how much more growth she's going to actually have. Oh, this I season. think a significant I th- amount. I think the thing that I like about her the most, obviously, besides her being incredibly hot, mm-hmm. is that she is still has a little of the naiveness, but she also is one of the more powerful characters that we have on the show, more powerful soups. And I think it hasn't gone to her head. Right. Like it did Homelander or some of these other characters. A-Train. A-Train. And I think that's what I like about her is that she wields, it's like, you know, great power comes great responsibility. I think she wields her power in the way that you should as a superhero. She's humble and we like that. that, That's that's a very endearing quality. Especially in a world that is surrounded by egotistical douchebags. Yep. So that is a nice change. I do agree, Mike. I think... Season one, she had to be naive to have the reality of Hollywood and corporate life and fame slap her in the face, which was tough to watch. And that was really fucking it's a, depressing. It's, it's humiliating. It's but, hard to watch. But yeah. she's weathered that storm. And I think now we will start to see her really kind of throw her weight around like we start to see with A-Train. Well, the other thing that I really yeah, like about Jesus. her is she goes after twos. And that means I have a spot. <laughs> like I have a shot oh. in oh. this character. Randy, what's his name? Quaid, the guy that plays yeah, Jack. Uh, Jack Quaid's like he was listening to the podcast. Hey, motherfucker, I'm not a two. Fuck off. <laughs> well, in the show, he's bad in review. It, it, he's he's going to review Bob us. He's like these guys were really funny for a while. Can you imagine if we get a review and it says R Quaid? I'm going to be like, oh, I can't believe that. Jay Quaid. I can't believe that douche said I'm a two. That, that fucking two said I was a two. What an asshole. Fuck that guy. He's a dick. <laughs> but I, I do think that 
with her interactions with A Train, she will start to be a little bit more. She's going to get more badass. She's going to be more a force badass. to reckon with. Her and Huey both are, are going They're to get step more up yeah, to who so they can really be and, and the power they can truly command, with a, whether that's as a leader or as an individual. So that'll be really interesting to see. One thing that I thought that was just honestly so fucking depressing was how nothing seemed to stick to Vaught. In sharp contrast from our heroes who had it all and lost it all in a half second, and now we're living in somebody's, you know, storage closet basement, we have Vaught where literally nothing has changed for they them. They can dodge everything. It is business is fucking usual. They lost Stillwell. They have... They're trying to set up a deal. The CIA almost had them nailed to a cross. Then they spin it. And, and they spin it, it with a PR team. And next thing you know, they're, they're talking about movies and shit. They're talking about all this new. They don't miss a beat. They've just replaced the corporate head. Yep. It, and it's such a perfect example of the sad fact that is most real life. You, as the small person going up against the wrongdoings of a corporation, will have your life utterly fucked. And they get away. And meanwhile, they will get away scot-free, wash their hands, maybe an apology video, a little bit of community service, a mild donation of a couple million, which is fucking chump change to them, which is also tax-free because it's charity and shit. This touches on the oil spill subject, like like on the nose. It is it is to the T. Hey, we spilled oil in fucking somewhere. Let's just clean this up. Toxins in yeah. in water. I mean, this literally touches on all those big stories that you hear yeah. about years later yeah. where the corporations get away with it. We went through all of the Hughes stuff. We went through, you know, the contrast now with Vought. And all of this was done. Okay, everything we've talked about within the opening five minutes. Yep. That's how you write a fucking show. You set the stage and get everything going within the opening five minutes. The contrast with Vought, uh, what Hugh and the boys have been up to. And we see this through, again, the meeting with the Vought and the Defense Department. We get that intercut with Black Noir taking out the super terrorist threat. All of that within, I'd say, three to five minutes tops. That's how they get the season going. They... Flesh out the top 1% aspect with Vought. They flesh out the aspect of where the boys are at. And they clean up the mess from season one. And then we have a clean slate moving into season two. Just think about that writing for a second. Yeah. That's on point. It's great. That much story Mm -hmm. in such a short amount of time. And dude, again, it's not just what was written, but what it has to say. Again, those observations of our world. Huey and them have nothing. The CIA was going to nail this company. The next episode, there had a corporate lunch meeting getting food served to them with the Department of Defense. What the fuck happened? How the fuck did you get out of that shit? And it happens constantly. And yet, we're still the ones who are buying up Homelander shit and can't wait for the next ex- expo. And it's a sad part of reality that they don't give a shit and that's the biggest thing is that these companies don't give a shit and they explain that through the attempted and probably the most fucked up scene to me of the entire entire fucking episode attempted hiring of a frankly a minority hire somebody who 
they didn't care a about a disability a minority disability hire. minority hire that the what's the character's name ashley is, is that uh, yeah, who's been that, yeah, replaced that, yeah still so she, she replaced still I, yeah. I think it's ashley homelander sets her up as name. a pawn which we you know find out in this episode in a most horrifying experience they show that they don't give a fuck about who's actually the hero, whether their morals line up, whether they have the powers because they like this guy. It's simply he meets certain criteria as a minority, as a disability. It fits what we are looking for. And they, they have her say that in that most pandering and corporate way of hopefully a minority woman and they want all these check boxes it's literally thomas what you and i talk about all the time on our shows and how it's so patronizing and it shows the cold callous strategy behind all of these ideas like these these people don't really care about hiring disability people with disabilities they don't care about your representation they don't care about black lives they don't care about mexicans all they care about is covering their demos this is real when, when those companies do those tweets, we, we support you, the people. We're against racism. No, they fucking don't. They support their checkbook. It, 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 it makes me <laughs> yeah. laugh. It makes me laugh because I see Nike making rainbow shoes and rainbow everything. They don't give a f- fuck about the cause. They care about scaring, selling shoes. If you yeah. have rainbow products in the month of June, sales go up by 14.3%. That's, That's all they what they fucking about. care about. And, and this, this part of the episode literally hits that nail. It's amazing. Dead square. And it's interesting. They pull no punches. No fucking punches. And But that's the thing. There are many people that will see this episode and that will go like this. Straight over their head. Straight yeah. over their head. And I think that is, unfortunately, that's the downside to where, you know, the time frame we live in. But I think... You're exploiting. You're, you're yep. exploiting someone and their disability and their race and creed just because it's it's going to hit your target demographic so you can sell a movie five hey, years Mexicans are a thing this month. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do Let's that put a diversity hire. in this episode. <laughs> and you that's know, the like, thing, though, dude. It's like you said it, Ryan, is 100% true. Most of that will go over people's heads. Most people will see Homelander violently, borderline had to have murdered the that daredevil the daredevil wannabe is is nearly dead Dude, like blood loss alone I, I love that though he's all what's he gonna do now he can't hear now he's another fucking deaf guy dude that was so fucking gross dude, and violent and uncomfortable brutal. for me like, I, he, like, like that shocked the fuck I, out of me i'm like this dude's kind of badass this dude's throwing knives and hitting people in the neck and shit and i'm like he's kind of cool and and like is homelander like and then he just fucking hits him and dude like, that shocked me that got me i'll fully admit i was like what I was the like, holy fuck? fuck dude like that's and but but people will see that and hear what Homelander said. I don't want you know a fucking cripple things yeah. like that and and latch on to that that he's a bad guy. Which duh. Yes. That's but obvious. instead, you won't catch the fact that Ashley didn't give a shit about this character. No, he care. only met check boxes. Yep. And the fact that he like nearly died, yes, seems to shake her to her core. But what more importantly impacted her was the fact that Homelander threatened her life after he just did this to who's a superhero. What the fuck do you think he's going to do to you the second you step out of line? Yeah. She cared about herself. Once well, again, it's the bottom line. This is all things we see going on in our world today. Yes. At oh. every level of every Everything. government office, um, corporate office, media, Hollywood, studios. Movies, it's the everything. you know politicizing of disabilities and exploiting it. And not just disabilities, but of course, you know, ethnicity as well. It's not like something like the old 
Gene Roddenberry Star Trek, where it was, I have a vision for the future, and this is why you should put these characters here. It was genuine. It was genuine from a genuine fucking place. This that we see today in all of that world is, again, 14.3% increase in sales during the month of June if we right. hang a rainbow product. Right. That's it's it's Juneteenth, so let's make sure we all tweet about it. What about yep. last year and the year before that? How come it didn't matter that year? It didn't matter? But yeah. this year, because that's the thing, you're going to go ahead and do all that. It's incredibly shallow and corporate based. Yeah. And it's just that's, again, why I love this show. And it also makes me sick because it because, <laughs> again, they're not selling an idea. They're not saying what? they're not getting on a soapbox and pointing at you. It's observational. Yep. This is how things are. And how does that make you feel? Yeah. And that's where you need to question things and consider your own decisions in life and morality and and. Well, that's what good television, good writing, good art should do. Now, outside of the horrifically violent scene with Homelander, we talked a little bit before some of the expectations I have for Homelander to be challenged a bit now that he doesn't have Mommy Dearest anymore. We see him struggling to maintain importance in a way with Stillwell around, with that mother figure around, he was always the center of attention. Everything he did mattered to her. He could throw a temper tantrum and get her attention. He could do whatever he wanted and would always be reinforced, backed up by her. That's how she controlled him. That's how she controlled him, little to his own knowledge. Now we see what he does without her control. We see him make his own stupid mistakes like save America instead of save the world, which was PR 101, like the simplest fucking way he could have done that because it's what he believes in. But we see more importantly, the inner workings of Vought as a corporation and where he truly lies on that power scale. And the fact of the matter is he doesn't matter. He doesn't matter. Did, did <laughs> like, it shock you guys when they started talking about the floors and levels of the Vought building? And they started talking about how, the superheroes aren't even on the top floor. Yeah. And which always, which shocked me because these are the most powerful beings on the planet. But right? they're being exploited. But they're, no, they're, they're, they're the stars. Thought, yeah. They're I thought the they were on the top floor. No. They're on the 99. Edgar stays on the 82nd. I, th- I see. I thought it was the other way around, but maybe, see, I, I, maybe I saw that. I believe but the he's hierarchy on the, of power. That's, but it's, it's a subtle yeah. clue that you, the surface level the heroes is what you think is the most powerful, but truthfully, beneath the surface, there's always the real them. power lies. Yeah. It was interesting to me. I guess I just I read it wrong, mm-hmm. maybe, but I I thought it was interesting that they, technically speaking, aren't the most powerful. Yeah, like it was. It was. Oh uh, yeah, they're not. Well, no, this, not at all. This whole thing just raises the stakes in a way that I wasn't expecting. The fact that you find out there that they don't give a shit about. The well, there's people in the positions of power that don't really care about the entire military deal or the defense deal that they are a pharmaceutical company. And that's important. Number one. Yep. And the way they explain that and then they, you know, they draw connections to the Nazis of World War Two. Didn't see that coming. And how the foundation of the company is basically built on the backs of Nazi scientists. That's a whole other level. Yeah. That's a whole other level. And another thing that this show is tackling, the fact that our our scientific advances in this country wasn't because of Americans. It wasn't because of aliens. Aliens didn't crash land in Roswell and suddenly we had a tech boom. No, it's because World War II ended and we gave 
clemency. Is that the word? Yes. Yeah. yeah. To all the Nazi scientists, they then come work for us. It's called Operation Paperclip. There's they an entire a, book about it. Yeah. And they take these scientists and they say, hey, work for us. And suddenly, suddenly we have a tech and science boom and, and a medical boom. Because they, of Nazi scientists. They snatched up, for the, for those who aren't aware, they snatched up every scientist they could. Anybody who was working on Hitler's secret projects, anybody who was mm-hmm. of any worth, because they were look, working towards the nuclear bomb at the same time. They took them and, like you said, Mike, gave them a free ride. Basically, no one really paid for no one. the atrocity well, of the, the people who II. died. That's it. That's it. They gave a pass to pretty much every top tier individual if they had something to offer. Just like they are in this show now where the U.S. defense gives them free ride while Huey and them get murdered in the streets and live in squalor. Now, did you get that there is something going on behind the scenes within Vought? They did mention that there was like a coup going on and you kind of get the idea that the the CIA agent that was assassinated Mm -hmm. is involved in that in some way that she was aware of some information. Yeah. So there's a power struggle, right? Is that what they're setting up? I'm not sure if it's a power struggle within Vought itself or a power struggle of Vought trying to infiltrate and take over more than just being involved in the U S defense. Because the character Stan Edgar kind of made it clear that he's not interested in being a part of the national defense strategy. No. In fact, he felt like it was a mistake because now everyone has their pri- pri- par- proprietary. That's a hard word. It is. Proprietary it's, it's, is that your b- word? It's my homosexuality. <laughs> it's your musician. My musician. musician yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that was more of his, his thing. Like we right. are a pharmaceutical company. We don't need to be involved in all of this because if anything, it'll shed a light on things that they probably want to be, they want to be left in the dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is again, very much true to real life. Pharmaceutical companies don't care about frankly anything. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if there was an, again, a necessarily a coup within Vought as some sort of power struggle within the company, but more of a, on a global level, what are they attempting to achieve on a right. worldwide or at least America based com- corporation level? Because we know America is run by corporations. That's what. Right. Uh, it's the real power. Money laundering, not money laundering. Um, what's the term? The the people who pay off government officials. Racketeering? No, no, no. Like, God I, damn, I know I what you're talking you about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where. They're a corporation who pay to get votes their way. I can't think of the name either. um, Why am I blanking? Lobbyists. Holy shit. I don't know why that's all dumb. (laughs) And these guys are dissecting a show. I know. These guys are great. Lobbyists. Can't, can't, you know, say words. They can't say people's names. They can't even remember (laughs) lobbyists. These guys are fucking horrible. So that's a real thing in our world today. So I think Compound V might be moving towards something like that, but far more nefarious. They've already in season one, we're blackmailing senators. Right. So do you think within the subtext of that conversation, that's our myth arc setup? I think so, because now that the Compound V is out, thanks to Homelander, they have a bigger problem where they don't have a complete stranglehold like they once did. It's now a global Thing, that they're trying to solve that problem and i think one of the reasons this is a fan theory i guess but one of the reasons edgar's not that intimidated by homelander if you were controlling compound v and had been studying this stuff for 
what 70 years at oh, this point he has a weapon you have something to neutralize you have to homelander whether it's a kryptonite-esque item or another person who's completely brainwashed and controlled let's look at this like a virus the people who create viruses always create a vaccine because mm-hmm. they don't want to get the virus yeah t-virus so it, dude they read like umbrella corp in this. It, it literally yeah. is yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's why i said that that's true and yeah. you know they they let a little bit of a teaser which is so much more exciting now that we know who's going to be playing this character but of soldier boy the first uh, no not superhero. The one that they're setting songs. it up already dude they're setting it up in the beginning of season two i'm he's so show, fucking excited he's showing up at the end of season two I, they, right i i think so because Okay, because the fact that they are connecting this Soldier Boy character, which is being played by Jensen Ackles from Supernatural, the fact that they are connecting this character to the entire foundation of the company, Nazism, he World War II, know something. His story is going to be a big part for season three. Guaranteed. Dude, it's Jensen, and he's coming yeah. to a Kripke show. Of course, his part's going to be huge. His character has to know something. You've, yeah. Essentially, if it's played by Jensen, it means he does not age. Do you think we... No, I don't so, think Jared will show up as Walker, Texas Ranger. So stupid. Do you think <laughs> we will see Soldier Boy before the end of this season? I, I, d- I don't. I think if if we do, it has to be the very end of season two. And it has to be kind of one of those cliffhangery, like, you know, credit sequence. I wouldn't say credit closing sequence, sequence. closing sequence. Yeah. Maybe sure. at most he'd it, get the, the final shot teaser for season three. In his costume. He's all, all, I'm fucking, soldier boy. That's all he says. And he does soldier boy. Tell him. Oh, fucking hell. And they now play I the hate song. it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, that's little John. Oh. But, <laughs> but nice try. But, but these elements, with it. I, I think they're going to okay. have. <laughs> Nobody is a mega corp for 70 years with something this for, powerful for no and doesn't have a vaccine, as you said, Mike. There's no way you're going to start a Homelander project and say, hey, what if this goes totally tits they, they, up? They've got to have something to <laughs> not be ready. Homelander. Like, you, are you going to play the song? You're a little late on this one. He's looking for it. I think the thing, I can't see them creating a character like Homelander. Obviously, they don't know what kind of powers you're going to get when they give you Compound V. At least or, that's do or do they? they? Or Who do knows? They, we yeah. don't know yet. So you can't create a character like Homelander and not have a backup plan because a, a contingency. Yeah, I mean, I especially know that, if it came from a wartime era. Exactly. So there has to be something here, and obviously, too, there are changes from the the comic book to the show, and I think maybe there's something that they can give us that is maybe a little bit different than the, than the comic book. So, which I, I think is smart for them to do anyways. We've had that, the same conversation with the walking dead. Do you follow the comic book to a T or do you change right, it? Do to, you adapt it? Yeah. So I, I think, but you don't create a, a perfect, a killing machine technically yeah without having some type of backup plan. well this entire scene did a lot for this season as far as the setup goes because it explained a few things from behind the scenes it helped us set up the fact that homelander is probably not going to be as big a threat as we think he might be yeah he's a blunt object he's a weapon he is a tool that they use when and where it's they see fit and i think that'll be a harsh awakening to him that much like real life for all the Huey level people corporations will chew him up and spit him out once he stops being profitable. And that is like everything they do that once he stops that's being profitable, companies are. it won't be worth the investment yep. because that's how they see it as a bottom line dollar thing. And this is essentially kryptonite to keep him in check for a little bit. I'm sure he'll lose his shit and maybe kill Edgar or do something dumb, 
but Edgar ultimately, can kill people with a stare, dude. dude. Fucking hell, right? He doesn't bat that guy's face. He's man. so fucking good. He's such a good actor. Oh man, perfect villain. Perfect, like maniacal Lex Luthor esque like, villain. Perfect in the in the aspect that his facial expressions are so subtle. Yeah, but the oh, dude could dude. change a subtle facial expression, and he could be like mad, so evil, so it's nice so, at the same and time. His voice is something about his voice. Perfect. He. he He's a great voice, dude. Yeah. Different and you know what's it's funny is I'm scrolling through Facebook and the shot of him in the Mandalorian season two just popped up. I'm oh yeah, not dude. Kidding. He, dude, good. the guy's facial expression. He's scary. Dude, he's, he's fucking he's scary. scary. Can you imagine he if he scary. was your 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 uh, your grandfather? Like dude, oh, your, oh, your fuck, Mexican dude. grandfather, like, no, please don't beat me, Papa. Please. <laughs> like just those eyes would get me to clean my room. I'm like, okay. All right, I'll do it. I was I wasn't gonna do it, but I'll do it. Please don't beat me. Dude, he's so he's probably going to be our new true power villain. I yeah, hope. It has to be. It has to be. He's got to be our Lex Luthor. I think it'll be setting up for the season. Again, this scene was a really important one. I think when we get to the end of this season going back, we'll see a lot of where this all comes from. And, you know, truthfully, some of that does, especially with Homelander's new interest and priorities, it makes him a f- more interesting character. By having him just be the super strong villain. It's not, it's not fun. It's it's not fun. Superman yeah. already isn't fun, despite the fans who love Superman. But Homelander is an evil version of him, so that's even fucking worse. Yeah, he's... A, he's and There's he, only so much you can do with that type exactly. of character. You have to make him more interesting by well, giving him the things that they set up this season. And I think that we're going to see that with his new interest of his son. Yeah. With the fact that it's somebody who... He's clearly a cold-blooded killer, but would he go that far if his son pissed him off? Or will this be another level of kryptonite to put him in some sort of check? Family and love have been the only check that he's had through Stillwell, but he was able to murder her. Yeah, I think in his own way, though, that I think this is going to be the thing that is redeeming for him. His son? Yeah, and I hope they do that. I do hope that they give him some redeeming qualities with how he... He treats his son, even though we saw that he's kind of a bad father already with his suggestions and his advice are not great. But perhaps the son, the fact that the son kind of ignores him and knows that his father's full of shit, perhaps he will learn something from his son. You know, I mean, look how he wants. He wants to be loved so bad. Yeah. And that might be able to keep him in check as well. Yeah. You know, it'll be a new, interesting. Object. Does yeah, anybody an want any Jiffy Pop? I mean, <laughs> who the fuck says that? Homelander, creepy yeah, people. Like, first of all, is do they still make Jiffy Pop? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh thing. fuck, I didn't know. I I just put mine in the microwave like everyone else. Metal handle and all. <laughs> dude, I didn't even know that was still a thing, dude. Fuck. You know your microwave starts popping everywhere with the fire. That's why you can't put yeah. it in the microwave. <laughs> oh, makes sense. But yeah, I think that this will be a new interesting route for his character as well it'll be something that'll be a little bit different because brute strength isn't going to win you any favors with him you have to outthink him or manipulate him which yeah. we're seeing on two fronts both from Vought and the family aspect and we'll discuss the child a little bit more ryan i think is his name yes <laughs> uh sounds like, as a, we continue, sounds like a cool character as we continue with those discussions because i think there's gonna be a lot of interesting question marks that come from that not only from homelander's perspective but from the world perspective as a whole. And if also, you've seen those episodes, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. I also want to talk about, you know, that uh, Becca, um, I thought she was pretty hot on The Flash when she was in. I think she looks pretty good here, man. Uh, I, I, I'm into it. Uh, yeah, really? Uh, Are you going to say that and then she's going to get more steamy as the episode episode's going to be like, yeah, she's hot. Maybe if we end up seeing her uterus, maybe. What if, what if, <laughs> what if Butcher and her 
did it on. I dude. see Butcher would be, he's a, come on, Butcher would be with some hot chick, super hot chick. She is hot. Uh, no. She's hot. Not really. She's got, she's nope. hot. Yep. Negative. <laughs> Thomas, <laughs> you're the deciding factor. On Becca? Chantel Van Satin. I thought she was attractive. I yeah, think Aaron Moriarty's hotter. But is she worthy of Butcher? Yes. Come on. Let, let, your, know, let your bisexual uh, side I show, should, Thomas. I should send you this photo. You would I mean, think so. Butcher's a 10, right? Thomas? Are, 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 wait, is Butcher is, a 10, wait, wait, Thomas? Is Butcher a 10 or is Carl Urban a 10? Is Carl Urban a 10? Okay. Thomas. My personal 10? No, but what? he is like 10 worthy. You ain't gay then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, How dare you question Carl Urban? I'm going to pull your gay card. I mean, that's I a like euphemism. The, I, <laughs> I feel like that's a worthy one to pull it on, though. Like Carl Urban. I mean, I'm going to pull your gay card and give it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So right. one of those other things that makes Homelander an interesting character, I think, this season is the introduction of the newest member of the Seven, Stormfront. Now. This was a character who I don't, I will hold off more discussion with her until later episodes, wishing not to spoil for people who are watching one at a time. But from just this episode, she seems like a character that I both hate and like at the same time. They do use her to say some pretty cool things. They use her in a very interesting way. She is completely Mm anti-corporate, anti-bullshit mentality. And says what she thinks, what she means when she wants to say it. And that makes her an incredibly refreshing appearance in the Vought Corporation, in the Seven, with people who are just saying the lines in Starlight's opinion, or terrified of saying the truth with Maeve, or don't talk like Noir. It's interesting to see somebody who's so against that, but that does beg the question, why would they hire her? Yeah. Why would yeah. they put her, What's her reason in this there? position? Yeah. And the only thing I can think of at this time is that maybe this is another check that Vought has. If she is powerful enough to maybe keep Homelander in check, maybe she's they they give her something or they have something over her to where she's willing to put up the song and dance routine. She's, because she's she doesn't seem reason. she doesn't seem to give a fuck about all this other crap that all of the rest of them put so much time, money, preparation, effort into, as we saw with Translucent's funeral, which that singing was like the most cringy thing. The invisible not, not, dude, dude, not only real that. quick, that detour, that bit when Starlight starts singing, I was like, this is the cringiest, it was most pathetic thing I've ever seen intentionally. Yeah. And the second thought, which I'm like, fucking brilliant job. Yeah. But the second thing I thought was, this literally happens in real life all yeah. the fucking time where all some time. random celebrity will show up and start singing a song and we're all supposed to coo and swoon over this shit. How about the fact that the, that the casket was glass and there was clearly nothing There's in it. There's clearly nothing in it. Yeah, like, which it's was all staged. Because the motherfucker got exploded. And also they uh, cut the deep out of the photo. What Only his shoulder move? was there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. That's so hard, dude. But that's my shoulder. Hey, that's my shoulder. <laughs> But with with Stormfront, I think she's going to be a new, interesting character. She she can't just be brought in to be she's another lemming. No she can't be another lemming like she's a the bit rest of, a, of them. She's a little plot devicey right yeah, now. And a little I, and bit. I feel like it works, though. It works. So if we'll her character's see. interesting enough, it'll work. Yeah. And so far, I've enjoyed her. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But fuck, man. This show. Let's take a quick break. 
Thomas. All right. And then come back. We'll get back with our final thoughts in just a minute. Open Sesame. When you look back at the card, who had the best character development? Hmm. Who had the best? I mean, Jesus. I would say it's probably Captain Rios. Captain Rios is up there. I, I don't yeah. even think the. I see. I don't even give a fuck about that show, Dave. What's the name of the girl? Ra, uh, Raffi. No, the, the fucking main girl, the android. Data's fake Soji. daughter. Soji. Yeah, Soji. I mean, like, I mean, you could say she is the focus, but do what? Do this is what we know of her. She was created. She was then sent out. <laughs> And she went to go look for her home again. Okay. That's her fucking story! <laughs> David, I get so angry. It's hard, dude. It's the, so awesome. <laughs> so awesome. it's the worst series I've ever watched, David. It makes uh, me cry, Dave. No, no. If, the listeners, are, if the listeners can hear my pain and my tears and my voice, it's, it's because they're there. David, this show, Picard, hurts me. Oh no, I'm with you. It is an awful show. Star Trek from the holodeck, exclusively on Rain Man Digital. Head over to RainmanDigitalMedia.com or search for it wherever you listen to podcasts. And simulation. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. All right, guys, final thoughts here for the first episode of season two of The Boys. Ryan, what are your thoughts? What do you give this episode as far as a grade on our RMD scale? Fuck, I got to grade this. Is it really going to be that hard? No, <laughs> did I mean, you like, see my grade? Yes, I did. <laughs> it's like, well, as official I, math, which I mean, we know you're so here's excellent here's at. Here's the thing. I, 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 I know what my grade for every one of these. I haven't even seen the whole season, and I know what my grade's going to be. First of all, like... This show is so fucking good. And I think it was, I I do believe it was a little bit of a gamble to start this episode without your main lead character being present. Oh, real quick. Let's touch on that. His appearance at the very end of the episode. Like perfect. I I think that was the way to do it. I think at first I was like, oh, we're going to start without Butcher, Mm -hmm. especially leaving on the cliffhanger of last season. It was a good intro though. And I, yeah. And I think it was, it was a really well cut intro and I think it, it set the stage for the episode. Um, dude, this shows like an, this is like a 98 dude. I, like I, I think every episode, if we could rank above a 99 or a hundred, I think we probably will. They would have to really bomb the rest of this season for me to say, oh, this is fucking, you know, to even go under a 90. I heard Andrew Dabb was taking over season three. Well, then, <laughs> I'm out. I quit. 
So I'm a part of the boys. I'm, hey. a, I'm a boy. So I, I, <laughs> that time I checked, I'm a boy, but I can't see my penis because my gut is so big. Oh, wait, I'm really progressive, so I'm not a boy. I'm a they-them. I'm a they-them. I'm, I'm, I'm a sandwich. Uh, I'm a sandwich! <laughs> <laughs> He's getting his voice ready for the RPG. He is, he is. Um, the people no. that just watch the boys are like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is are they talking, talking about? about? If you guys want to know what you're ta- what he's talking about, listen to more Rain Man digital shows. Like The Crossroads. Anyways, um, no, this is this is like an... I can't really give it a grade because I know it's everyone's going to be over a 90. Like, right. I, I know what you got. I might put 155. So you do 98%? I think it's... Yeah, I think it's a 98. I, I That's a great intro to start the season. It, it, it gives us questions and questions that we know with Crippy will get answered. And I think this show, it's what I sent you guys. This show is by far the best show on TV. Yeah. Hands down. Mike, we know you're 159.99%. No, it's a 99%. Okay. I thought you put 999. I did, Mike. 99%. Strong episode. A great premiere. The way Kripke does premieres and finales are always on point. I'm really anticipating this season. So I'm happy with how we started. Praise be, Kripke. Yeah. Yep. Want to have his babies? Uh, I'm going to give this one a 98 as well. Not an ounce of it was wasted. Every scene is captivating, incredibly well written. It would have been a hundred if he saw Starlight's uterus. It would have been. Yes. There was so much to it and every scene is well paced and every bit has conflict. And I, I just fucking love this show and I'm excited for it to be back. So I can't wait to see what happens, man. I'm I love that it's going week to week. That'll just... I do, too. That'll edge it all the more. Right? Yeah. Oh, dude, when, at the end of the season, I'm going to come so hard. <laughs> and, 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 you, and you don't do that. And I don't come. But I know... It takes, what, I it'll know, take eight weeks. I know Praise Be Kripke will make me come. Well, at the now end of you know season. what you need to do next time you have a threesome. Just watch... Like, you know, some watch. people put porn on to yeah, spice just things up. You just put on. the boys on. Yeah. John Carl Urban. Oh! <laughs> All right, that's, gonna, everyone, that's a good ending. Everyone's right gay this episode, but the actual gay person. Yeah, I know, right? Jesus. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap that up here. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Hopefully, you enjoyed the show, and we will see you all next time. I'm gonna go look at photos of Carl Urban so I can wish I was him. You should fuck off, Huey. <gasps>